Hey there, fight fans. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe this episode of Combat Sports Talk. Welcome to Combat Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated to UFC and Bellator discussion, the MMA community, and combat sports in general. I'm your host, Ryan Smith, and joining me this week is the man with the keys to victory, John Keys, and Kalechi KC Onye Bucci. How are you guys doing tonight? Man, we're doing good. Oh, I'm doing good. How are you doing, KC? I am feeling fantastic. I missed the show last week because of my birthday, because y'all know how I do. Happy birthday. Um, yeah, happy birthday. But, thank you very much. So now I'm just super excited to do what I, I love doing, which is hanging out with the guys, talking about what's going in sports. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, you know, I'm just here tonight, it, it, you know, just sitting here, ready to talk about White Castle. Yeah. And my low-key, <laughs> you know, quest for it. All right. So so let, let's hear it. This is John Keyes. Random fact of the day. So, if y'all don't know, um, low key for like the past month or so, I've been on a quest for White Castles. All right, because you know White Castle is something that I've always that I've ate as a kid in Kentucky. Okay, and, and when I came back when I was going to college at UK, I was eating White Castles. Get a sack of ten, a, a big red French fry, and and it's it's funny because. There's there's only like two locations west of the Mississippi, all right, for for White Castle. One is in Las Vegas, Vegas when and they did food trucks out there to test the area to to find out if it was worth it or not. It shut down the strip both times. They said that they sold over almost a half a million burgers. I'm sorry, sliders in amount in amount of six hours. Okay unheard of so yeah they were like yeah we'll go ahead and put a white castle out there and it it went crazy it's still out there today so if you're on the strip go down to the other end towards the stratosphere get you get you a sack of tan the other place is in arizona and it ran out of food the first day when they opened it up they literally they couldn't keep it in there so uh white castles the whole point of white castles it's it was created it's it is the modern uh, it, it built the modern uh, formula for fast food and franchise today. It was created back in nineteen, like nineteen nineteen, I believe, and it's basically your basic slider, not fried. It's grilled. It's and it's pretty much a nutritional burger. Okay, they the uh, the CEO at the time had a a health study done on it where a guy ate nothing but White Castles and water for thirteen weeks, came out healthy. Okay, it was later brought back up on Instagram, and it like tripled their report, their their um their revenues for like almost ten years based off of that. Um, let's see here, what other beautiful things I can say about it? Always eat White Castles with Big Red, nothing else. All right, Big Red, <laughs> two fries, sack of ten. Don't 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 do diet drinks with that. That that's just Look, this is what's wrong with media right now. It's the unchecked false flat uh. False information out there. Big Red as uh -oh. the ultimate side for White Castle? Are you kidding me? Everybody well, who's eating what are you gonna drink? What you gonna drink? Everyone who's eating White Castle is also drinking 
trash can punch. Let's just be honest. <laughs> no, well, no, no, let, let me just say this. The reason why the reason why I'm 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 calling this this whole White Castle tri- tri- trivia thing bogus is because oh, we know. Let, 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 here we go. You ready? We know that Big Red is a Texas drink made just down the road in Waco, Texas. One. Now, okay, okay, facts. Nobody facts. on the East Coast even knows what Big Red is. False. Also facts. No, that they, is They false. barely even okay. have Dr. Pepper on the East Coast. For our fans oh. out there on the East Coast, oh. y'all know that it's all Fago and Pepsi. That's what. There you go. I was going to say, Fago Red, Red Pop, okay, is is their is their version of Big Red? It ain't Big and, Red. You uh, can't call. Do not sully the name of Big Red oh by calling it Fago. Let me just say that right now. I am a born. That's how I know that you are not Fago a Texas. The, you are Fago not a Texas man. You I, are a, you are Kentuckian because you just mixed up <laughs> Fago and Big Red in the same look, sentence. You that's sac- right. Sacrilege. Let, let me tell you something. We can have the battle of the three armies right in front of my in my yard. Okay, they go on one side. Uh, your big reds, uh, your big red Texans on the other side, and me in the middle uh, defending my castle. We could do that. Okay, we could do that. I don't, hey, I'm a connoisseur of food, so I do appreciate yeah, and love this. both sides. But. Hey, wait, you hey, you love food more than me, buddy. All right, you love food more than me. But I'll say it like this. All right. I love Big Red. I'm a te- I'm a naturalized Texan. I'll stay and I'll eat White Castles with it. I will smash a White Castle. I'll grab like eight White Castles and smash it down to two burgers and eat it. Okay. <laughs> That's me. All right. Do you not know that they, that they also make it as a? You can make it as a Thanksgiving dressing too. We we all right. There we go. Th- we that yeah, was yeah, your John yeah. Keys random fact of the day. I think we're all warmed up and ready to go. It is time to talk about UFC seventeen Thompson versus Neil from Saturday, December nineteenth, twenty twenty, the UFC Apex Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. This is the official decision. All right, this is the official decision. This is the last card of the year. Now, we remember going back to February and March, right when the coronavirus pandemic began, the UFC was in dire straits. They were canceling shows. They they were behind the ball to be able to make that big paycheck that they needed from ESPN, which was, I think, uh, tens of millions of dollars that, that, that they were that they were owed if they could make their number of shows. And so Dana White, and we'll talk about this later on in the show, but Dana White set a mission that he was going to deliver every one of the shows he promised ESPN if he had to go back to back, week to week, putting shows on throughout the rest of the year. It seemed like a Herculean effort. And here we are at the end of the year, UFC Vegas 17, Thompson versus Neil, the last show of the year the ufc did it and they did it in fine fashion with six fights on the card the first one of the night was alex morano 
versus Anthony Pettis. Anthony Pettis, of course, was in the last fight of his contract. And so, you know, the question was, number one, was he going to win this fight? Because we have seen the old guard starting to lose to kind of that next crop of young, exciting fighters. Um, and if he did lose, was he going to be a name that was on that list of 60? Now, I was talking to someone in a, in a, in a, um, in a, in a UFC, uh, uh, discussion board. And they were saying they're running a Deadpool right now for names on the UFC roster that are going to be on that list of 60. Uh, Anthony Pettis, I thought, was a possible uh, name that might be on that list if he did not win that fight. But he did. He pulled it out, de defeating Alex Morano via unanimous decision, 29-28 on all three cards, ensuring, or potentially right now, ensuring that he has a good shot at staying on the UFC roster and possibly moving down to lightweight to get his fight back with Tony Ferguson. I'm glad you said potentially, all right, because I do, I don't think his spot from the 60 has been removed assuredly. I think mm -hmm. he's, he still may be on that spot. You know, and he talked about the fact, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Kelechi. Yeah, it's just, it's tough for me to say that he should be gone because even in his uh, restructuring his game, he, he's got a couple of good wins in there and some decent oh, yeah. fights. So it's not, He's truly on the backside of his career, but I mean, crazier things have been done. Hey, I don't want the man to go, but I understand if they do. All right, I, I think I, I always like to watch uh, Pettis fight. It, it, you know, in his prime, I do think he's kind of sliding down. He's on the downward slope. So if he ends up sliding over to, let's say, a different. American fight promotion that you know likes to play, likes to have their fights at casinos and such like that. I would not be upset. The thing I get with Anthony Pettis is like that guy. <laughs> the way that he wins, like he 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 does have such an impressive resume, and I think what differentiates him between like the old guard who's starting to lose and the old guard who can still stay uh, in, in, in uh, a competitive situation is Anthony Pettis has never been known as a slow starter. And I think that is the mm. key differentiator between uh, what's popular in the UFC now and what's winning versus what was happening. So Anthony's style really still fits with the direction of the UFC. And I think he's going to still be able to pull in a lot of good wins. And I would I would have to assume that the UFC brass sees that as well. Well, you know, the, the the one thing that Anthony Pettis did say is the fact that it's uncertain. It's a lot of volatility right now. He has no yeah. idea what the future holds. The UFC may not choose to make that next offer that he's go going to want to sign on and 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 keep on because that's the other thing too. Dana White said that this number of 60 isn't necessarily because everybody's losing or everybody's being overrun it's a numbers game because they've got this great crop of fighters that they've seen in the dana white uh, tuesday contender series and you can only have so many fighters on the roster because you've got to the ufc has to provide three fights per year per fighter and you just run out of slots so they're starting to make these the, the this cut of 60 so that they have room to be able to make sure these fighters are getting these fights so anthony pettis i'm hoping that he isn't on that list of 60 because you're right he does make for some competitive fights but he's been his career has been in the ufc and wec 
for 10 years. And the, it's questionable if he can make a run at a title. Definitely not at one at, at 170. Can he make a run at 155, given the fact that we might be seeing Habib Nurmagomedov uh, vacating that title? Is it about making a run or is it about bringing eyeballs to the sport? I, I think I don't think I don't know that we can we can make a, a a decision between the two. I don't think it's an either or. I think it you have to be able to make a run. That's what keeps me as a fighter wanting to 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 stay in the promotion, and the promotion wants me because I bring eyeballs. So I think that it's 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 both and. Okay, I support it. All right, in the next fight of the night, Greg Hardy faced off against Marcin Tarbura and. And and Tybura defeated Hardy via TKO at 431 in round two. Now, this is if George G Money Stallworth was here right now, I would be playing the crow sound because John, you and I were on on Greg Hardy. The only person who picked Marchin Tybura 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 is is uh is is George, but he's not here. So he doesn't get the satisfaction of hearing us eat that crow. <laughs> So he's saying that the button is broken when it comes to uh, no. George George's wins. No, George did not declare Kalechi as his surrogate, and so therefore we do not have to push <laughs> the button galvanized style. Look, to be honest, though, I have been so on this Greg Hardy hype train in a way that doesn't make sense because I know he needs more time to to perfect his game. But it's just hard to see that guy lose. Like he's just been so dominant in every one of his fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's the so, thing. Dude came out round number one. He was whooping Marcin Tibera. That like this this fight really shouldn't have gone past the first round. He just couldn't put him away. And yeah, in so much as he couldn't put him away, Marcin Tibera came back and was like, "Ah, uh, not gonna be able to stand with this dude. Let me see what happens if I take him down." And he, he took Greg Hardy down, and and Greg Hardy has not built that part of his game. And so, to your point, Kalechi, he still needs to marinate. This dude has eight fights, and he's fighting mid tier heavyweights right now. Um, and yeah. he he he's just not a complete fighter yet. And so, the great thing is, is he's a protege of Rashad Evans. Rashad Evans, I think he's got the. I think he knows how to wrestle. Somebody I, told I, me I that. Yeah, a little I, bit. I think he's a little bit. He knows how to be on the ground a little bit. But it was a smart plan by Marcin. Hey, this dude hit too hard. Let me show this wrestling game. Let me show this ground game for a second. Took him down, and hey, he did it. Not mad at the guy. Right. You know, so, I'm, still, I'm still on Greg Hardy's hype train. Just let it be known. I'm still there. I ain't going anywhere. I want to see this guy, you know, really mature. So for the next couple of months, because I think, it, you know, our next administration might be locking us down for 100 days. I think somebody needs to be in the gym rolling. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a good thing. I am not on the Greg Hardy type train, but at the same time, I'm not picking against that dude. He is super what? strong. He is, super. Uh, you know, he's. He's not there yet. Like I'm, I'm not gonna be on his hype train. Do he I? is separated. <laughs> You're on the hype train, my friend. <laughs> I'm just not picking against him. Like he's, he's, he's too separated, strong. He separated conscious from bodies up until up until Saturday. Okay, he was. Well, he very well him. did it. Uh, almost did it again on Saturday. Uh, yeah, you know, so. but but he's not a complete fighter yet. I don't think that he's got all the tools yet. 
you know, I think when you start getting up to your stronger, bigger fighters, I don't know that that sheer power advantage that he has is something that's going to be such a big differentiator once you get up to higher tier talent. Francis, you know, <clears throat> there's some in my chest. Oh, 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 that that sounded. Like, you know, they got some mucinex for that. You know, they got mm, some. Mucinex. I don't know, Kalechi. Uh, the way you coughing, man, I don't know. You might have the Rona. That Francis, you'll be great. Francis Ngannou, but that, but you, you, in in a way, you prove my point. Greg Hardy standing with Francis Ngannou. Greg Hardy is not going to have that sheer strength advantage. Greg Hardy versus you know someone like Curtis Blades, he's not going to have that sheer strength advantage. He is going to yeah. end up giving up that wrestling though, and 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 you know all of that speed, all of that power that Greg Hardy has on this mid to lower tier talent is going to be neutralized by some of these more dynamic fighters. So. I just I, I'm not ready to be on the hype train yet, but I am definitely respect who he is and what he's been able to accomplish in such a short amount of time. Next fight of the night, Marlon Mahes versus Rob Font. Now, Rob Font was coming off of a, a an injury that was had him out for a year. He basically had his ACL reconstructed, came back against number three in the division, Marlon Mahes. Now, Marlon Mahes was. Formerly number one in the division, you know, ended up, you know, losing his fight um, and then basically coming down to, to, to number three. And and it it was basically looking like it was going to be a tune up fight to get him back in title contention. Rob Font came out of nowhere throwing all kinds of just just power bombs. Like whenever you talk about, you know, Kalechi, we, we talk about throwing bombs. Rob Font was just like lighting Marlon Mahes up. Marlon Mahes could not get this fight on the ground, and at 347 in round number one, he couldn't keep it on the ground. He was able to get it to the ground. He just couldn't couldn't keep it on the ground. Um, and um, Marlon Mahes lost by knockout, like devastating knockout to Rob Font, 347 in round number one. I really feel like it's moments like this where the UFC should have a stronger partnership with video game designers and i want to hear uh finish him uh at least during the replay yeah i, I agree with that uh they you know they should have somebody they should have a you know joe rogan should really get in there and say just the most off the wall things on the ea ufc all right quit quit being tame joe you're a comedian man you know, I know what you got. I know what you. I've seen. I've, he is a comedian. He does have some funny things to say. So you know, or DC is saying, you know, just get DC to go in there and say, "Oh my God," or finish him. So you're right. It needs to happen. Well, you know, maybe you get maybe you get um, Mortal Kombat to have a uh, a sponsorship package when if there's a Mortal Kombat 12 that comes out or something like that. And so that way, what ends up happening is, you know, this replay was brought to you by Mortal Kombat. Finish him, and then you watch the replay. You know, yeah, they could do that. They could do that. And this is why I've always believed this show would be a better marketing team for the UFC than what they currently have in place. I'm just saying, easily, you know, easily. Look, look us up. You, listen, this is we should make our pitch now. And so, for our fans out there who are listening, put us out. You know, put us on Twitter. Talk to these fighters for us, and tell them number one: if you're going to have a Twitter beef, come and talk to us. 
You want to market yes. a fighter? Come and talk to us. If you want some morals and ethics about fighting and trash talking, go and talk, talk to Kalechi. No, talk to me, okay? Talk to me because I legitimize bare knuckle fighting championship before the year is out. Y'all give me give me fifteen minutes, I'll give you a federation. <laughs> give you fifteen minutes, you'll save them fifteen percent. Um, exactly. <laughs> so so yes, we have ideas and we are willing to travel. Vegas is not that far a flight for any of us, so we can we can make this happen. Um. I do have to do this, though, because all of us were on Marlon Mahes. Rob Font put him away in the first round. Ah, 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 oh. ah, ah. I was uh, Team Font from get-go. What? No, no, no. You, <laughs> How dare you? Let the record show that you did not make a selection for this card, so therefore you but do I not get to fight. claim... The title of Nostradamus. I felt it in my heart, though. That counts. <laughs> that counts for something. In the next fight of the night, Michael Perret, uh well, I guess it's Michelle Pereira, uh, defeated Chaos Williams via unanimous decision, 29-28 on all three cards. You know, it, this is one of those fights where all of us were looking at Chaos Williams and saying, "It's he's, he's too successful too soon. He's getting out of his depth. This is going to be that 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 one fight from Michelle Pajera that is going to show chaos how far away he is from being great. And that did not happen. Chaos Williams stood in the pocket. I mean, Michelle Pajera threw everything he had at Chaos Williams and chaos was not going away. There were moments where chaos looked like he might have even gotten close to finishing that fight. I, you know, I would love to hear what Coach says about Chaos Williams after seeing his performance on Saturday night. Unfortunately, he's not there. If he comes in the end of the show, I will come back and ask him that. Because at the end of the day, I was surprised that Chaos Williams performed as well as he did given his short tenure in the UFC and the level of competition that he was facing on Saturday night. Well done, Chaos Williams. All right. In the co-main event of the evening, Jose Aldo, the king of what is it? The king of Rio? The king of Brazil. Yeah, the king of Rio. The, the king, king of Rio. Rio. Jose Aldo Jr. uh defeated Marlon Chito Vera via unanimous decision 29-28. It really wasn't that close a fight. Like I was so impressed that Jose Aldo put on the show that he did. Everybody thinks, well, the dude's been in the in the game for 15 years. He must be slowing down. But this guy isn't that old. Like he started young. He's like 27, was, isn't he? <laughs> he's young. He's like, I don't even think he's, he's 32, 33 or something like that. Honestly, uh, look it up. Look it up and see. Yeah, but, you know, let me see. So what you got, Kalechi? You know, I was actually just super excited that he won because for me, this is the perfect time to retire. Congratulations. You showed that you still have it. Retire on top because the slide that he was on was going to ruin his legacy. This is his chance to end on top, but it, he clearly won't. But I just want to go on record as saying that now is the time that he should walk away from the sport on top. You know, I, I don't know. I I don't know that I can agree with you. I think if he would have lost to Cheeto Vera, then maybe you start looking for that retirement fight. 
Um, but the dude is looking great. I mean, he came came back to his leg kicks, throwing body shots early. Um, yeah, Marlon Vera is not a slouch, and so he made a fight of it. But it was clear at the end of the at the final bell that Jose Aldo was going to win that fight and 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 yeah. and and do it in convincing fashion. And so I'm 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 surprised. I'm shocked. I did not pick Jose Aldo. Uh, you know, um, I think the only person who picked Jose Aldo was um, only me. Uh, was John Keys? Yeah. So John, are, are, are you gonna are you are you gonna call it? Do you want to hear it? Um, he's thirty-four years old. Thirty-four. Thirty-four. He has a black belt. Uh, he has a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu under Andre okay. Palmeiras. Okay. And he has a black belt in Luta Livre uh, okay. under Marco Huas, who is a former UFC fighter. Uh, I would like my crow with extra onions, extra pickles, no tomatoes. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, I got to take that crow because I I yeah. did not think Jose Aldo was going to um was 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 going to be able to put on the uh the fight that he did. The question I didn't hear you say um does Jose Aldo have a black belt in kickboxing? Muay Thai? <laughs> he did not have a black belt in Muay Thai. All he right, had a black, right. black belt in Muay Okay. Okay, all right. We've had that conversation. All right, all right. In the in the main event of the evening, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson defeated Jeff Hands of Steel Neal in a five round battle that found both of those fighters bloodied and battered and limping and all kinds of stuff. This was this was the quintessential main event to end the year. No, these guys are not the big names. That um, you know, that we want to see for the last fight card of the year. They're not on a pay per view. They're you know, all of these things could discount what we saw on Saturday night. But we saw Wonder Boy, who hasn't been in the ring in a very long time, and Jeff Hands of Steel Neal, who let's just let's just go over the fact that this is a guy who earlier this year was in the hospital with congestive heart failure. Guy nearly died came back from death's doorstep there we go to come back to fight in the ufc on the last fight card of the year and put on a show where he went toe-to-toe with one of the best 170 pound fighters that we have in the ufc right now and he really showed out early in the fight i think it was round two they ended up having a, an accidental collision of heads, which caused a huge cut over over Jeff Neal's eye. There was a cut over um, Wonder Boy's eye. Um, Jeff's was much worse than 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 uh, Wonder Boy's. They kept yeah. fighting. Wonder Boy was almost untouchable, as I said he would be. Um, I being the only person to pick Wonder Boy wow. Thompson. I'm gonna go ahead and 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 play this 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 crow sound. Just think of it between a p- two pieces of slider bread, White Castle style. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Wonder Boy was nearly impossible to touch, and he was just touch, 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 touch. The only time Jeff Neal had an opportunity to win this fight was when he had Wonder Boy on a cage with his back on the cage, and they were in close combat fighting back and forth. That's when Jeff Neal was able to land the strikes that he did. 
and in doing so, made it that competitive fight that we were looking for. Unfortunately, he did not get nearly enough opportunity to do that. And this fight wasn't at the Apex Arena where the ring, the octagon is smaller. I don't know that he would have ever gotten Stephen Wonderboy Thompson on the on the cage like he did. Kalechi, what do you think? I mean, I only have one question for Jeff Neal based on the story you just told. And that question is this. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? <laughs> won't he do it? Won't he will? Won't he, won't he do it? He will. He will. Yes, he will. So, so um, Jeff Neal, uh, in the last round, at the end of the last round, Wonderboy Thompson uh, had a pulled muscle in his leg. He limped back to his um, to his corner and started the fifth round basically with his leg compromised. And so this was Jeff Neal's opportunity to finish this fight and get this win. Unfortunately, even hobbled, Wonderboy Thompson was able to survive the onslaught. They literally stood toe-to-toe in the middle of the ring throwing bombs, and Wonderboy Thompson was able to survive the best that that uh, Jeff Neal had to offer at that point in the fight and won that fight 50-45 on all three cards, 5-0. to zero. Um, the, One of the things that Jeff Neal said at the end of the fight was that, uh, or he, he released a statement that said that in 2020, he suffered uh, congestive heart failure. His corner, his normal corner, all came to- <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> What are, what? How many how many drinks do you have, Kalechi? I've seen you drink. I've seen you drink Red Bull, vitamin water, and now you've got like a like a what is that? A Sonic cup? What is that? Look, don't worry about me. <laughs> no, no, it's in the court now. We got the world. No, no, because no, no, okay. So what happened? This is what happened. Okay, all right. So, so he. So the, the show starts and he's he's drinking Red Bull. So he's like got the Red Bull and he's drinking it. And so I'm like, okay, he's drinking Red Bull. And then he uses his other hand to get a vitamin water. And so he's drinking the vitamin water. And I'm like, so I start laughing there. You were talking and I started laughing and you were like, well, he's laughing. But I couldn't stop because when you picked up this third drink. <laughs> third drink. <laughs> oh, this, this guy has like... Man, what do you? You just got out of the Sahara or something? You 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 need to rehydrate. You've been cutting weight or something. <laughs> Look, I believe in staying hydrated. That's all I can say. All Until right. one of these drinks conquers me. <laughs> all right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just I had to I had to, to tease you. About <laughs> well, at least now I know why you're laughing. I was like, is there something on my face? It's my beard. I know. I know. That, that's what I was doing. Too. I'm like, why is Ryan laughing over there? I, I almost called him out on it. Glad I did. Okay. So, so yeah, Jeff Neal, he had sepsis, congestive heart failure. Three of his corners tested positive for COVID. One of them being, one of those people being his head coach. He couldn't see out of his right eye because of the incidental headbutt, and he still survived five rounds with uh with 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 uh Wonderboy Thompson. Uh, there's nothing more more you can say about Jeff Jeff Neal. I mean, that's the kind of grit and determination that a fighter has to go through all of that just for an opportunity to fight in the octagon one last time in 2020. Super proud of Jeff Neal. Shout out to you, um, Jeff. Can't wait to see you in 2021. 
Hey, let's not let's not slip on Wonder Boy either. Um, you know, he came in there, and I'll be the first to admit, I didn't. I, I slept on Wonder Boy. Um, he came in there, and he apparently put on the clinic, or the striking the striking style that we known him to be to be elusive, to to hit and not be hit, and uh, well. It, What? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean that that is it to to be to hit and not be hit. That is that is what people need to understand about this game. It is not about standing in the middle of the ring and and trading punches like Mike Perry or like Angela Overkill Hill used to do. It's about hitting and not being hit. Using your footwork. Using your slips and your and, and 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 things like that to to avoid taking the damage because when you do that it increases your opportunity to win wonder boy being a wonderful example of how that can look in practice let's go ahead and close the book on this one and put it on the shelf cuz this card is history let's go to our next segment and that is finding the angles This is Finding the Angles. This is where we talk about the headlines that are making waves in the UFC world. And we're going to talk about the number one, not in the UFC world, not in the MMA world, but in the combat sports talk world. We're going to talk a little bit of boxing for our headliner. Let's get into it. This is the headliner. All right. This is the headliner. This is where we talk about the number one story of the day. UFC Vegas 17 wasn't the only combat sport that was taking place on Saturday night. There was a major boxing championship on Saturday night, and that is uh, Canelo Alvarez, who defeated Caleb Smith via unanimous decision to unify the super middleweight title. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who are on that uh, Canelo, Canelo uh, Alvarez a hype train, and this was his toughest test uh, thus far, with Caleb Smith being an undefeated fighter coming out of out of the UK, uh, a lot of people thought that this was going to be you know a tough one for for Alvarez to win, especially given the sheer size difference between Caleb Smith and Canelo Alvarez. If you look at him, it was another one of those kind of David and Goliath kind of size discrepancies. But, but by the end of this twelfth round. People felt like this fight should have been stopped. They felt like like Canelo Everest should have been declared the winner, that he was landing so many punches. Smith was taking so much damage that this should not have been allowed to go on. And therefore, uh, Alvarez unified the, unif the, the super middleweight titles on scorecards of 119-109, 119-109, 111 in dominant fashion, unified uh, unanimous decision victory. Kalechi, what do you think? Uh, love to see it. Uh, I know you're going to talk a little bit about the strategy behind it. Mm. But my favorite part of this is, did you just say Smith was outclassed? I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I said that he was outclassed. Did I say that? I'm like 90% sure when we go back to this recording, I'm going to save this as a drop. Um, and yeah, I'm just super excited. I, I couldn't be happier. Uh, you know, I, I hope I said it because that'll be the first time you've ever actually listened to the playback of the show. Um, oh, 
<laughs> I'm oh. kidding. I'm oh. kidding. Your man came in guns blazing. <laughs> this last show of the year, I got to leave it all in the. I got to leave it all in in the ring, man. I got to leave it all. This is it. Last time we doing this in 2020. So, uh, so if you saw Caleb Smith after the fight, you would have seen that he had this large. He had this Joanna Young J type swelling on his arm. Now, if you guys know Joanna Young J chick after she fought. Zhang Wei Li, she had that Sam Cassell head. <laughs> oh, Sam like E.T. <laughs> Let that man enjoy his retirement. Uh, anyway, so so um, what Eddie Hearn said was that um, that Caleb Smith suffered a bicep tear. I've heard some people say it, call it a tricep tear, um, but a bicep tear in the second or third round. And that was on his left arm, which was the arm that he typically uses a, a counter left hook that stops a lot of opponents. And that was the most dangerous thing that Canelo Alvarez had to worry about with Caleb Smith. Now, granted, this guy is an, a, a complete boxer, but that was his go to bread and butter as a counter striker to throw that counter left hook. Um, and with that torn bicep in the second and third round. That, you know. In, that hurt his ability to be able to really land that with any power. Now, here's the thing. Reports are coming out that Ke Canelo has revealed that he actually targeted that bicep. As he's throwing his punches, he's punching and digging into that bicep so that he could slow and otherwise mitigate that threat of the counter left hook by Caleb Smith, ultimately detaching the bicep with his punches and keeping a, a huge weapon away from uh, from hurting him. What are your thoughts? This is on one that? of my favorite. This is one of my favorite things in all of combat sports. Is a lot of people see boxing and MMA as just like two brutes going in there hitting each other as hard as they can, and it's it's these peaks into strategy where we get to see um, these athletes at their best, where it's not just about your athletic performance. It's about the, the tape you've watched and the, um, the strategy that you're bringing into the fight. And man, that is just so crucial to say, all right, the, the biggest threat that I have is this counter. So let me just completely negate that right out of the gate. Like it's to me, that's that's the poetry of boxing. I, I love to see it. All right, John, what do you think? I think that this is where where the saying the sweet science comes into play. Mm -hmm. uh, there, you're right. Like Casey said, there is nothing more beautiful than to see true technique, true strategy being implemented in a fight. And this was beautiful. You have, I mean, I when I read it, I laughed about it, and not laughing at the fact that you know uh, that a Another fighter did some gruesome damage like this, but laughed at the fact that he was that he targeted deliberately just to nullify that. That tells us everything we need to know that this that Canelo truly is probably the the best pound for pound boxer in the world right now, and not one of the best in our generation. Well, you know, and and this is something that at least for us who follow mixed martial arts. This is something that happens almost every fight. When you have a striker who's facing off against a wrestler, what do you do? You're going to kick that lead leg. You're going to try to incapacitate that lead leg 
Why? Because if you can incapacitate that lead leg with leg kicks, then the uh, the wrestler who shoots in is going to shoot in slower, give you that opportunity for an uppercut for a knee or to just have enough time to sprawl and keep yourself from being taken down. So it's all about trying to wear down certain parts of you know a fighter's toolkit so that they can't do what they want to do, so they can't execute their plan. We see this all the time in MMA. It's really cool to see it happening in boxing and see it produce such amazing success. Yeah. Weren't they trying to catch up? Well, they, they kind of need to. And that brings us to, you know, when we start talking about the kind of the decline of boxing, um, we have to start talking about the fact that, you know, people like Mike Tyson have said that the Logan Paul and Jake Paul are really important to the future of boxing because they bring new eyeballs to a sport that is, I would say, in decline. And so, you know, when you have um, you have the Paul brothers who are making huge waves in the boxing world and people are focused and are, are paying attention to them who have never watched the sport, who don't follow it. They are the casual of the casuals, um, but they're bringing their pocketbooks. They're bringing new money into the sport. And so it's it's one of those things where now people like Canelo Alvarez and people like, you know, um, you know, Mike Tyson and a lot of these other fighters and even MMA fighters want to get a piece of these Paul brothers because they're not slouches, but they got huge mouths and they like to talk smack. And so Canelo Alvarez said that he would be willing to spar with Logan and Jake Paul because he wants to show them that what you're doing is classified as boxing, but it is not the sweet science. That this is a dangerous sport. And once you get into the ring with someone not named Nate Robinson, things get different. Things get a little bit difficult. A lot of bit difficult. Um, Kalechi's on mute, so we're just going to watch his mouth move. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was profound in those moments, but partially, uh, I blame Connor McC- or not Connor, uh, Floyd for this, where we're at now. Because the fight with Conor McGregor kind of legitimized that notion that anybody could get in the ring with a world-class boxer. And I think anyone who wasn't a casual was able to see that Floyd was toying with McGregor. There was never really a boxing match going on. This was just him trying to earn his money at the right round and keep it interesting enough for people to stay in there. So it kind of created this appetite like, oh, like just be a decent athlete and you can hang in there and that that's going to draw eyeballs. Um, I think boxing is at yet again an inflection point. It's it's a little different. MMA went full on into the uh, bro culture and had Ed Hardy T-shirts and was drawing eyebrow, uh, eyeballs from like a certain class of American citizens. Versus right now, we are getting those YouTubers uh, watching. Uh, they are engaging more. But I think from a long-term marketing strategy, it's really bad for the sport of boxing because I don't see it having that sustainability. Uh, uh, These gamers are, uh, or they're not even uh, gamers, they're YouTubers coming in, getting additional content. They're they're driving content not to boxing, but to their own fan pages, which doesn't help the sport of boxing at all. So short-term wins, long-term hurts your sport and you have to re-legitimize uh, and you've got to get a strategy on that really quickly, which should include knocking out one of these YouTubers post-haste. 
John, what do you think? Uh, I, I will slightly disagree with uh, KC on the Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather. At least Conor McGregor was a trained kickboxer. Okay. Yeah. Different muscles. This, I mean, I, I have no problem when it's a fighter from one from one discipline taking in a, on a fighter from another discipline. That is the foundation of USC. What, who is the better? Who is the better fighter? So I'm good with that. But when I have when I see a, a kid who has no real formal boxing training think that just because he knocked out two other guys that have no real formal boxing training calling himself a boxer i don't you know i i can't i can't stand for that okay and no and no legitimate boxer should stand for it either is it once again like you said casey is it great for the short term yeah we get that we'll get that net new crowd coming in and they'll see what what we do but in the long term you're turning, I guess this is where they turn legitimate catch-as-catch-can wrestling into professional wrestling at this point. Mm -hmm. They think anybody can jump into the ring and do this in reality. While, yes, you know, professional wrestling is a, it's, it comes from catch-as-catch-can, which is a legitimate fighting art. It's, it's professional wrestling. I don't want to see boxing going out like that. I it, it It's... It deserves way too much, you know. Please, somebody knock them out. Well, okay? but, but that's the thing, right? Is that they, they, they want, they believe that they are these actual, they are actual boxers. Now, I disagree. I'm, I'm with, I'm with John Keys on the Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor, because Conor McGregor, you go back, he started off as a boxer in Dublin. Like that is what his base style yeah. was. I disagree with myself now that Kurt's actually. <laughs> like I am on both y'all. Okay, but 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 I I do think you're right that just because Logan Paul fought KSI twice, just because Jake Jake Paul knocked out Nate Robinson, they are not legitimate boxers. And so once you start getting them in there with people who have been doing this their whole lives, you're going to see that there are to quote Israel Adesanya levels to this. Now here's the thing though. Jake Paul's mission is to get Conor McGregor in a, in the ring and fight Conor McGregor. And he has done so by offering a $50 million purse to Conor McGregor. He has shown proof of funds that he actually has $50 million that he would be willing to pay Conor McGregor if Conor would get into the ring. And he has done his best to piss Conor McGregor off by not only talking about the fact that he's beating up old dudes in bars, but also the fact that his wife is a four and you know that his that he's cheating on his wife and all that kind of stuff. We talked about this a few weeks ago and John you had you felt like that had crossed the line going into Conor McGregor's wife and 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 all the things that that he had said. We we had kind of gone back and forth and said, "Hey, listen, uh it, what if someone, you know, said that to your wife? Well, how would you react?" Do you recall that conversation? No, I, you know I do recall the conversation, and I'll paraphrase what I what I said. Somebody's going, hey, somebody's going to fight. We got we got to fight at this point. There's, you 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 can only talk about you can go to certain levels, and then it's like, okay, you know what? We're done talking. We got to start swinging at this point. I do remember you saying the the opposite that you know that you would not go to that level, 
Mm. There's just sometimes, sometimes where you just like, you know, I think even Buddha said that um, you must take the high road, but every every now and then you got to put a little foot to butt. And I'm with Buddha on that. Sometimes you got to put a little foot to butt. And, yeah. you know. But a lion doesn't worry about the affairs of sheep. That's like, right. But eventually, sheep gets eaten. Okay, if it's if it's the la hey, the the squeaky wheel gets the grease, the loudest sheep is gonna have to get ate that day. Well, you know, I think. The, the, and, oh, go ahead. Uh, you know, I, I've been. I, I I really do think that if you ever go and watch Larry Fishburn or AKA Lawrence Fishburn, uh, in in mm-hmm. deep cover, you learn the fact that. You know, as as a man, you do not allow yourself to be manipulated by those people who would call you out and try to get you to react emotionally to something that are that amounts to words. And so you have to be able to just move past it, rise above it or do whatever you have to, because if you can get mad and, 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 and create a fight and go and create a scene because someone said something, that means anyone can get you at any time to do whatever they want just by pissing you off, just by saying what they need to say. No, I will. Okay. No, I will vehemently disagree with this because you, my friend, have not watched enough prison yard movies. You have not. (laughs) Okay. You have have not not watched penitentiary. Reality enough. What? (laughs) You have not watched under fear. Hold on. I'm going to finish this. I'm I'm going to let you. I'm going to give you full screen. You go right for it. Go for it. This is what you do, cause see, if you if you punk out to one dude, okay, you're gonna get punked out by all dudes. I do believe it was undisputed that said first. What you gotta do, you gotta go to the middle of the yard, and you gotta find the biggest person, and you got to work them. I mean, whip them to the concrete, and make sure everybody sees this, so you never get worked on again. It's and that is exactly. Before we put that terrible information out there to don't our audience, that. let me yeah, don't do that. Let me, let me just say it like you. that only works amongst equals. Again, like we're not talking about Logan Paul being a fighter within the UFC calling out another UFC fighter uh, or Jake. I, I don't even remember the two of them Jake, anymore. Jake Paul. Jake we're talking Paul. about even in the same league. So you legitimize them by having these conversations and that's a big problem. So like whether it comes to he's calling out your wife or, or whatever, like here's the thing, I'm about to say something that hurts my soul. Paige Van Zant was right in the way that she's handled the, the end of her UFC career. She didn't let the, the back and forth disrespect drive her decision on who she was gonna fight next. And in fact, the harder that people pressed into her personal life, she was like, look, you no longer earn a shot. Like. Um, what's what's the uh, Macy Barber going after Macy her husband? Barber, like that effectively ended Macy's career. Like we haven't heard anything from Macy. Yes, she's recovering or whatever, but she lost her shot. She was legitimately in the top three um, to be able to fight Paige Van Zant, get that pay money, but she decided to take it personal, and Paige was shutting that down. Like, could you imagine if Connor took this guy seriously? For what? Like you win the fight in two seconds? Everyone's mad that they wasted their money? Like there's no upside to this. Like the only way that this ends is for Connor to just be like, look, this this guy doesn't matter. Next question. 
So here's the here's the reason why this the, why I brought up the Jake Paul and 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 John I, I can see that you have other things you want to say about this. Um, so we may have to do after the bell or something like that. But here's the thing. Jake Paul, everybody's pissed off at Jake Paul. Like, how could you talk about Conor McGregor's wife? And he says, wait, didn't Conor McGregor talk about Habib Nurmagomedov's wife? This is just Conor getting his own medicine. And I was like, I was like, well, now, like, what is what is the quote from 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 uh, from Django Unchained? It's. You have my attention, but now I'm interested. Now, if you got it backwards. Okay. At first, I was interested, but now you have my attention. Yes. So now I'm like, ooh, yeah. Now, if, 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 if this is not just some young punk who's talking smack, but he's actually giving Conor McGregor his own medicine and saying, step in the ring with me and I'm going to show you what I can do. Now I'm, I'm interested. Like, there's a storyline here. I don't think it's going to work out well for Jake Paul. You're a wrestler. And who's trying to learn how to box and you facing off against one of the most talented strikers in the world. It's not looking good. For you. It will work out. Cause at the end of the day, it's not really about fighting. It's about Cash drawing money. views and monitoring. the 50 million. We know the Paul don't have that in cash. Like that's coming from promoters as well. Who've put in earnest money. So, right. <laughs> Either way, you pay Connor his 50, you make 20 off of it. You got 20 million to get beat in a fight that you had no chance in. I'll take that. And Connor's not going to kill you. At best, you get knocked out. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like fighting Tyson where you could legitimately die. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, give me 20 million. <laughs> give yeah. me 20 but see, million. But see, okay, so maybe I'm coming from an older school uh, that thinks that, Way you know, that's well, you're like two days, two days younger than me. I don't want to hear that. Okay, <laughs> just lots of gray less, lots, lots of less yeah. gray. That's all. You know, exciting times. That's what this is right here. But <laughs> you know, I, I, I can't. Okay, because you, I mean, first of all, you're disrespecting. You're disrespect. It's like it's like how I feel about mumble rappers versus legitimate. Like old school rappers like Ice Cube, our Ice Cubes, our um, EPM and EPMDs. When I see, when I hear Lil Yachty, okay, and Lil Uzi Vert, all right, I like, and they dare that you know they dare to think that they're gonna be rappers. I have a problem with that, okay, because I've heard rappers, okay, I have seen it, I've heard it, and you ain't it. And I really wish they would walk up on you and be like, have a have a nice stern conversation with you about it that's well, how i feel about this yeah you know i i think there's some truth to that but let me let, let, let me say this when it comes to fights that we want to see it's tyson fury versus anthony joshua and they have verbally agreed to fight summer 2021 we got something to look forward to we could see a unification of all of the heavyweight belts in one fight on Saturday night and I, or not Saturday night, but in the summer of 2021. Um, and so that is, that, that is, uh, that is an awesome thing. I am, I am looking forward to that. You know, I've been on the gypsy Kings hype train ever since he, uh, he, you know, he had that draw with Deontay Wilder. I think that Anthony Joshua has so many people follow, you know, flying in, following behind him. Uh, this is a collision that I think is exciting. For the prospects of 2021. What do you think, John? Uh, John? 
I think this this needs to happen. We need to have a, a hot box in summer. That's what we need to have. After 2020, we need to have a hot box summer. Well, I, I would I would definitely like to see it. So we're going to keep our eye on that. Definitely, definitely are going to be a lot of people uh, talking about that in the near future. Uh, we have a new uh, guest coming into the show, and it is George G Money Stallworth. How you doing, oh. sir? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Hey, look at that I shirt. Like that shirt you got on there. Hey, look at but, me. Hey, <laughs> uh, there it is. Look at that. Uh, George is sporting the Intelligent Defense De- MMA Discussion Group. That is our group on the uh, on Facebook. If you want to come and have intelligent discussion with us, like we're having on the show, then definitely join the Intelligent Defense Discussion Group on Facebook. We would be so glad to have you. We got merch. It's on our website at CombatSportsTalk.com. Of course, I am wearing the Dark Side uh, Muay Thai shirt. Let me just get there. It is right there. Look at that in the back. I don't know if y'all can see that. Twist around. <laughs> Like 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 an owl's head, but um, you know, definitely sporting that. So if you want that shirt too, um, we, we still got to put it on on the on the site, but we'll make sure that that that's that that's up there. So, uh, uh, George, what we're talking about is um, we're talking about the Anthony Joshua Tyson Fury. They have agreed verbally to to fight in summer of twenty twenty one. What do you think about that? Um, I think it's the fight to make, man. I get it. Deontay Wilder wants that that rematch. I don't think he's going to get it. Um, and based upon his his reaction to the loss, he probably shouldn't get it. I think if he had reacted differently, then yeah, give him the rematch. But based upon what I saw and the way he reacted to the loss, um, I'd rather see the Anthony Joshua fight. And it's isn't that a title unification battle? It's like, a title unification like, fight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah, I get it. I get it. What's up, Casey? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I did, did, I, did I bring you back too soon? I'm sorry. Apparently. <laughs> but real quick, though, didn't Deontay get paid to step aside? Did like, he what? There was never a question of Deontay got paid to step aside. There wasn't a question of him oh. getting a title shot. He had already agreed to uh, be passed over for an X amount of money. Well, typically, in the, especially in these kind of fights, when a champ puts belts on the line, there's a clause mm-hmm. in the contract that automatically calls for a rematch. And I know there was something like that in his contract originally. So I, I just wonder how they played that bit out. And it makes sense. Obviously, he got paid to go ahead and set that part of the contract to the side. <clears throat> yeah. Well, he he definitely was calling out Tyson uh, uh, Tyson Fury, yeah, to 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 live up to that to that promise in the contract uh, for the rematch. And then he got quiet real quick, so that's probably what happened. Yeah. You know, speaking of somebody who uh, who I don't have a segue here, so let's just go into it. Uh, <laughs> so, given the fact that twenty twenty one represents a new administration coming into office in D.C. That does mean that certain uh, Congress people will take uh, cabinet positions within the Biden administration in 2021, which means that some seats within the Senate are going to be left open, one of which is one uh, in New Mexico. Uh, This is currently held by Deb Holland, 
in New Mexico's first district, and she will probably end up being the secretary of the interior, which means that there is a seat open in New Mexico. Now, you may know of a famous gym in New Mexico. Mm. And one of the one of the <laughs> owners of the gym has thrown is talking about throwing his hat in the ring. None other than Greg Jackson could potentially be running for a Senate seat in 2021 to fill the vacancy left by Deb Holland. Did he declare a um, party affiliation? I feel like I've got a guess. Uh, as of right now, he has not declared a party affiliation that we are aware of. However, it says that uh, uh, issues important to Jackson are criminal justice reform, child care programs. He also supports teaching police officers MMA tactics and uh, that way that they can af- 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 avoid uh, using deadly force. He's also in favor of pushing to expand federal <coughs> early child care programs to combat poverty in New Mexico. So when you're talking, yeah, I mean, that, those are pretty progressive issues. You know, yeah. criminal reform, criminal justice reform, and child care programs. That's yeah. pretty progressive. And yeah. it, 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 said, it says that he may run as an independent. By the by. The by. So. Yeah. So someone who is not an... Oh, go ahead, Kelechi. Go, go ahead. No, that's interesting. Okay. Someone who yeah. is not an independent and who is, is a staunch Trump supporter is the UFC president, Dana White. Now, we've talked about his history with Donald Trump. Basically, Donald Trump helped save the UFC in its early days uh, of the Fertitta brothers. And because of Donald Trump's willingness to um, to to host those <coughs> first two fights that Dana White needed to be able to get that cash flow uh, to keep the to keep the, uh, the, the the lights on, uh, he basically made a friend for life. Dana White. Um, slammed critics for in a scathing video looking back on 2020. So remember, uh, even you can go back to our shows where we were we were doubting Dana White's ability to be able to put on the number of shows he needed safely. We had a huge debate about whether or not you fighters were going to get coronavirus, that this was going to be a complete an utter failure at Dana White's insistence that they were going to put on shows in 2020, <coughs> despite all of the lockdowns, the shelters in place, and the MPI protocols to keep coronavirus under control. We doubted Dana White, and he delivered. I don't know that he delivered. Like, he, he delivered for his shareholders, but did he deliver for the organization as a whole and yes. what fighting could be? So my problem with that is... Is it a success when X percent get coronavirus and sideline their entire career? Is it a is it a success that um, he didn't have uh, contracts with individual teams in individual cities that like he had he had in place a structure that was completely different from all other sports who have collective bargaining, who have all these associations. So it's not like he did something super special you basically paid fighters bare minimum to put their lives in additional risk. So congratulations. You got Disney money. No, no, no. He, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate to that. I'm with you. I'm with uh, you, George. Beautiful being roll footage right there. I'm with you, George. So you go right ahead. 
Don't worry, Casey. I'm with you, brother. Single-handedly <laughs> saved sports on TV. Dana White single-handedly <laughs> gave every American, not even every American, gave an international market an opportunity to once again almost go back to some semblance of a normal life by putting sports back on TV. He did it in a safe manner. The guys who did wind up with coronavirus throughout uh, this process, you can't blame that on the UFC. There's, there's, you, I can't think of anybody you can a- actually say that they received or they, they were subject to coronavirus as a result of the actions of the UFC. We don't know what actions took place prior to the UFC putting on those fights where those guys who did. You had several guys who did contract the virus. You had several guys who, who prior to even getting on the plane were tested. Hey, you're positive. You can't come. We didn't hear anything about guys who were actually at Abu Dhabi or over at the, uh, at, at the Apex Center who may have contracted coronavirus there. So I, I, don't th- I don't think there's anyone you can say that contracted coronavirus as a result of the UFC putting on fights. Uh, what was the other point you made, KC? There was one other. Just that he doesn't have, like, fighters in every city. Um, like, it's not like he's got a sports team in every city, right? So he, so, he got to control the things a little different than any other sports league. And he's paying these fighters. Some of these fighters were still just getting their UFC minimum contracts. Right? You're not getting half pay. Dana White is providing opportunities for young men to showcase their talent at a time when no one, no one else can. That's a win for everybody. All right, let's kick it over to John Keys. What you got, John? Um, what do I got? <laughs> what do you got? Um, like, I like I said, I agree with Casey. All right, that for the fact that if they're going to be going into into a situation like this, they could have got paid some hazard pay. Okay, if we pay, if we pay, you know, our military personnel to go into any zone that is not considered a safe zone, hazard pay. Dana White could have up, could have put, you know, could have forked over a little bit, a little bit more money. Okay, I've seen too many videos of Dana White at his house chilling, and his house is not small. Okay, a lot of fighters out there. Some the fighters that did make it, I'm glad that they they made it through. They got paid. They got presented an opportunity to do it, and they took it. I'm glad for that. But what about those fighters that got there and then got sick? Okay, well, through no fault of their own. Did they get paid? Bruh, bruh, bruh. What about the fighters who who have not fought at all this year? Period. Not due to coronavirus itself, but just the the fact that they didn't have a show to be on. At a time when when people are out of work, Dana White is providing work for these guys. Not only that, you got several fighters who fought five, four, three times this year who never would have had that opportunity at any other point in their life and got showcased, got flown to Abu Dhabi, got put up in great hotels. Man, I got to commend the UFC at a time when everybody else is is defecating on them. These guys, one, fulfilled their contract with the with ESPN, despite pressure from everywhere else not to be able to do this. Showcase got talent, put on great shows. Dude, we, we just had this conversation a couple of days ago. The other night, that was one of the greatest cards this year. What y'all are basically saying is that Dana White should have done that. No. The question was never could Dana White do it. It was should Dana White do it in the midst of April when we were at the peak of our pandemic, closing down, 
he works his strings with the governor of Florida and with uh, mm-hmm. Bush, DeSantis, with Trump, DeSantis, DeSantis, and Trump. DeSantis and Trump to stay open. So the question, and the thing is, like Dana White pulled a Trump and he went after the media instead of after his his bosses, which was Disney was the one who told him not to do it. It wasn't the media saying, oh, this is a bad idea. Disney said, yeah, y'all aren't starting. No, that's incorrect. That is patently false. It was the media saying that he shouldn't do it. And it was Disney. (laughs) And it was Disney at the request of Gavin Newsom because he was trying to get that get get that card in California in and California. it was Disney went to Gavin Newsom the governor of California and the governor stopped that fight now here's the thing i i agree with with George like now i want to go off and, and and be like i was super critical of Dana White back in April and May saying this is this is this is a recipe for disaster. There's no way he's going to be able to pull it off. There's so many things that he's got to control. This dude did this 40 something fights. He put on 400. I think they said 400 fights in 2020 um, across all of the cards um, that, that they had. All of these fighters had an opportunity to make money that they would not have had if we would have listened to us. If he would have listened to us, if he would have listened to the media, if he would have listened to experts who said you can't do this, the media. like we we have to, we can't take his narrative. The media said he shouldn't do this based on the knowledge of the experts at the time. You had Anthony Fauci telling us we needed to socially distance, and you had Dana White saying whatever we'll 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 do what we want. So it's not like the no, media that said, is oh, not what he said. It, 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 bruh, it is. Bruh. They put on Maybe fights in one of the safest venues. And dude, not only that, they provided the roadmap for everybody else to do it. The reason basketball, the reason football, the reason um, other sports are back on TV is because of the UFC. False. He UFC. Pays the, the, uh, <laughs> UFC like, came the back two months ahead of everybody. UFC had smaller things to worry about. Like, how do you move a really? whole team and get people to sign off with the NBA's collective bargaining agreements? You think that Bruh. was easier than that's your, a red UFC. herring, Kalechi. That that's not that that, that you're saying that yeah, Dana White's yeah. accomplishments is not significant because he had more control than the NFL, who's got a 50, thirty-two teams, fifty-two man rosters, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Like that is a separate argument five minute videos saying how, how awesome I am because I, I got away with uh, skirting laws around the pandemic or I had he a didn't direct get away with skirting laws around a pandemic. There he found no opportunities no. to showcase talent when everybody else was shut down. Not only that, how did, he provided no. a safe avenue. Go back. Find me how many fighters tested positive as a result of flying to Abu Dhabi or going to the Apex Center. Listen to the words that George is saying. It's not how many fighters got c- contracted COVID-19 COVID. before it's, they fought, but how many contracted COVID-19 as a result of fighting. Right. I, I We don't have that data. That data doesn't exist. So if what there you are did any, was you created a straw man argument. No, that's not a straw no. man argument. You can't. There is no data that exists, and you're telling me to defend against this data. 
It's a straw man argument. The, 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 the reason why we are positioning the argument the way that we are is to it's say that this has not been shown as a problem, that we are trying to create this, 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 this story that Dana White has negatively impacted fighters throughout the year because he has brazenly gone on and, and put on these shows against Dr. Fauci and other experts' opinion. Not only has it not been shown as a problem, Dana White went above and beyond protocol to make sure it didn't become a pro a problem. He they fought to keep fighters safe. They fought to keep their staff safe. They fought to provide an environment where you didn't have to worry about that. They created bubbles. I I don't know what more you could want from him, man. And and then to say that he was taken advantage of the situation, that's absolutely ludicrous, man. He was providing opportunities to everybody involved. I'm Think about George. how many people outside of just fighters, but just the UFC staff, the the, the hotel industry in staff. Abu Dhabi, the hotel industry in Vegas. Um, where else do you want to go with this? The catering industry? I, I mean, just I, I all, these, all these different opportunities to create money, jobs, and, and, and opportunities for people that he's responsible for. Absolutely. And because he, because he, he was bold leader. in the initiatives he took. I, I got to commend a, Dana White. He's what? He is also. <laughs> he yeah, is your also dog whistling now. Oh, What's that? Come on now. Uh, your dog whistling now going, he's a job creator. We know what that means. Come on now. Like, th th this <laughs> is the thing. D Dana, Dana White is Dana White is absolutely. Um, he, we, we Listen, if. if we we have been extremely critical of Dana White throughout 2020. We have been extremely critical to Dana White uh, for a lot of things that he's done and a lot of things that he said. But when yeah. it comes down to the fact that this was a person who was faced with a parent company that was losing money and the fact that he had to put on something like 45 shows to be able to fulfill his contracts, you know, um, and and shout out to Lepidolite. He's out. He's 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 in the audience tonight. Uh, he had to fulfill those contracts and he had to do it in a way that wasn't going to destroy the company. Like the, in, in, what he had like, to do and what he took on was a Herculean effort. And to be here at the end of 2020, having fulfilled those contracts, having seen someone like our hometown hero, Kevin Holland fight five times. As he did, uh, Kevin Holland fought, he went to the mount, the, the jaws of the, the, the lion's den Five times came back. No, no coronavirus. Uh, I say it like this: Davidson Figueroa fought four times this year. No coronavirus. How's that? What? I, I, I don't understand. It. Yeah, go ahead, Keats. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut in on on this on this such a lively debate. Um, <laughs> let's just say it like this: Dana White took a chance. He took a big chance. And it paid off. So he should have the ability to enjoy his laurels. Okay. There is. Are, 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 are we, am I, am, would I have done the same thing? No, I probably wouldn't have because there was lives were on the line. But at the same time, it was one of those things. The problem that we, that, that we are expressing about the decision that Dana did is a, is a layer to a problem that 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 is much bigger than combat sports, 
Okay. Yeah. There, there, there are a lot of problems there. We and we can. I mean, whether you know you want to agree to it or not, the the bottom line is there are a lot more problems that could have been handled differently. That wouldn't even have this. That this situation should not have even happened. That he had to yep. sit there and take a take a chance to go out there and 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 put this put these shows on. It shouldn't have happened. But like I said, Dana Hello took a chance. Different. What was that? What in the world? <laughs> messing with stuff. You're ready to set me up. I'm just saying he he put the UFC on his back, whether we agree with it or not. Because think about it: if he hadn't done this, we would not be here talking about it right now. So the, the problem with but, this whole thing, like, yes, he's he he did that. It's a Herculean effort. Congratulations. You got sports. I don't know that what you did was that much bigger than anyone else, because here's why. When um, I see a guy who – hold on, hold on. Let me get this point out. Okay, when okay, go ahead, guy, go ahead. When you get a guy who's like 6'11 in the seventh grade and he's 240 pounds, he's Zion Williams, you don't get to have a five-minute commercial about yourself saying, like, no one believed in me. I could never do it. Bruh. You as Dana White had the president in your back pocket. You had every ability to skirt laws so that you can get your your uh, your uh, sports league uh, on TV before anyone else. Everyone else was working on contingency plans. You had the easiest path to victory. And then instead of saying, hey, congratulations to the whole team that made this happen, you made this a story about yourself so the media doubted you. When the reporters that you should have been talking about were saying, we want to see UFC, we want to see MMA, they get paid covering that. No one was saying he couldn't do it. They are saying at this time, this is not what the guidelines are for. We're going to have to. I'm here for it. You can't make a five minute video celebrating yourself. We're we're gonna have to we're gonna have to to to, to make this a, a a a a after the bell continuation because I I don't feel like we've we've reached a resolution I I, I do feel like it, it's it's nice that Kalechi has actually given some credit to Dana White but at the end of the day here here here's here's my last statement on it is at the end of the it's day funny. you 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 can't discount the fact that Dana White still had some challenges that were massive he ended up having to build a fight island like we yes in order to get his show his show in may before everyone else yeah he did use his connections with florida but he didn't stay in florida he went did what he had to do in las vegas so many fights took place at the apex arena in las vegas he also went to abu dhabi how many times did he go like four five times to abu dhabi uh, and, and had cards that, there. That itself was a massive undertaking just to put the infrastructure in place to do that in Abu Dhabi. You can say that, you know, Dana White is being selfish or whatever, but the truth is that massive undertaking right there provided great opportunities for a number of people we will never even know of. And the last thing I want to say before we go on, before we go on is there if you watch the five minute video because I, you keep referencing the five minute video but you at the same time don't don't you keep saying that the, the media did not doubt him the media wasn't no the five minute video is full of clips of media people doubting and putting scientists and epidemiologists on camera saying dana white should not do this and it should. was the media okay there's a difference. We're arguing semantics. 
I've never you said that he couldn't. <clears throat> I've never said that he couldn't do it. It was a matter of public health and safety. But when you look at the public health and safety factors that he put in place, Dana was right in the end. No, he, he wasn't. He, like those fighters that flew in and got tested. Congratulations, you are now uh, a threat to everyone you flew with. So yeah, congratulations. Right. While we're having restrictions in flight, you're putting people. Ugh, Dude, you you know. can't say thank you in, in our ordinary <laughs> everyday life. Go check, go check Twitter. Every one of us has been subject to this disease, to the, to this pandemic. You can't you can't say you can't blame Dana White for anyone contracting COVID per se. Because every day you I walk outside of your house, you have an opportunity to co contract it. Not true at all. Really? So I can't go out on client dinners right now because my company is saying that if I, on behalf of my company, am going out and I get somebody else infected, the company is liable. Bro, what I'm saying to you is there's no way anyone can walk outside of their door safely and say, I have no risk whatsoever other than staying in the house, period, point blank, and shutting things down. That's it. That's the only right. safe thing that can be done right now. And so in, the, in, in, in light of that, to put on shows as safely as possible as he did, you've got to commend this man for this. This, this man made an opportunity for so many people at a time when no one else was doing that. The reason we're able to do this show here tonight and have a conversation piece is because of what he did. So you don't think that the media people that he's blaming don't have the same incentive? They don't okay. get paid don't to cover the blaming the media. I think the media lit he, him up. And all he's saying is, look at me now. Look at me now. I'm looking <laughs> at paper. Uh, I, I do, I do want to say, I, I do want to say that Lepidolite said that, you know, a lot of these clips are out of context. We do. It, it is important. And, yeah. and Kalechi, you yourself said that a lot of times when we look at things on the news, it is incumbent upon us to go back and look at the actual full clip to do our own research to find out what it is that was actually said, you know, rather than just take clips and things like that. So I think that's a fair comment and things like that. I just want to I want to move on. Because <laughs> we we yeah, it we, is clear. The points that we yeah. have are clear where we stand. Very clear. So now that you guys know we where we stand uh georgian and i uh, feel like dana is is own a, a debt of gratitude there you go uh, actually right right there you go uh kalechi and 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 john keys feel like you know that we should we, we should not uh we, we should not be yeah. so quick to uh to, to shout out the uh the bald <laughs> one now if you want to grind an axe against dana white like oh here covid19 <laughs> is not the topic it's the fact that He's going in on Thug Rose, no hair, Nama Eunice, saying she don't really want to fight for the title, which is why he put Carla Esparza in the in the in the title shot against Zhang Wei Li. You know, I, all I gotta say is this: Now the time has come for us to select one courageous young woman for the honor of representing District 12 in the 74th annual Hunger Games. Because this is exactly what you're basically doing to Carla Esparza. You are basically sacrificing her. You are making her a tribute to the goddess known as Zhang Weili by putting her in there to fight. This is, this is bloody murder. This is wrong. Like, why are you doing this to Carla? What does she do to you, Dana? If I do remember, 
that that mo- the movie series by, by that. Uh, she is, ain't no Katniss the, Everdeen. I'm just saying you 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 comparing her to Katniss. Let, you threw it out there in the court. Let us look at that. Katniss ended up starting a revolution. Okay. Listen, Carla Esparza. Well, let, let's just saying. let's do some MMA yeah, cookie, MMA math. I real like quick. Cookie Monster. Okay. You know. You think who I would have? The person I think would have been a better candidate for this right now. And Ryan, you're probably gonna hate me for this. Should have yeah. been Angie Overkill Hill. Okay. Despite her so losses, she was a better candidate for this this tribute fight. Okay, so let's talk about why he did that. Okay, because it's obvious this is, and this is not saying anything bad about Carla Esparza. Okay? I'm doing that. But, I'm I'm talking smack to to Carla Esparza. But this this seems like it's a slap in the face to Thug Rose. It is. Okay. It, it, it seems like it's a slap in the face since you're not going to fight, quote unquote, because I've heard two different sides that if you're not going to fight, I'm going to put somebody in there that is willing to fight. Somebody who, quote unquote, doesn't have a chance in the ring with, with Zhang Wei Li. That's a so, slap in the face. That, it, what is it, my number one argument against Dana White? Uh, uh, how he talks about his fighters. And this is point and point and point and point again where Dana White goes out of his way to talk trash about his own people. This is a toxic work environment. Like let Thug Rose live. I, I, I'm I'm not I'm I'm not I'm not disputing that. That's why it's on here. Because I, I, I do think that it's wrong what he's saying to 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 to, to Thug Rose, but I do have to put Lepidolite's comment on, on, on the screen. He says, Coach, you're talking like a casual putting Angie Overhill over Kill Hill uh in the uh in in, in, in the ring with Zhang Wei Lee. So uh well, Mr. Smith, I didn't hear you disagreeing with me. You know, you know, <laughs> I mean I would like to see it, but I know I don't think she deserves to be there. Uh you know well neither does Carla Esparza is what definitely the point not I'm no. here. Yes, it it, and- it, it, it it is true. Okay, so are we saying that Dana White has basically said that um, Thug Rose is for the streets now? Is that is that, is that what he's is, is that, is that he saying? Is he taking it? Is he taking a, is he taking it a, 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 a page out of the book of the of the Ashy Negro? Is he that? Is that what he's doing right now with Future? Is he saying that she's for the streets? Mm. Oh man, I, I don't know the reference. Uh, but wow. I don't wow. know. Uh, the, wow. the the thing is, is that uh, Rose has Thug Rose has responded, and what she said was, you know, maybe there's a misconception that I'm weak minded or whatever, that I can't handle the pressures of being champion or whatever people say, but that's not true. She says that's what I live for. I'm the pressure cooker. What better reason to remind me why I fight than my grandfather passing away? Remember, I think she lost her grandfather. Due to COVID nineteen this year, um, yeah. this is this would be a great way for her to come back and 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 fight for his fight his you know in his honor. Um, she says, "I'm super ready for all of that. That's because I'm fi- that's what I'm fighting for." I, I I I don't know what the behind the scenes is. My guess is is that there are some contract dispute issues. Let's face it, I can imagine that working with Rose uh, Namajunas may be a bit volatile or a bit out of the ordinary um and so perhaps there's a frustration that dana white has in her unwillingness to do something that he wants her to do and so therefore he's being punitive in a way 
to to try to disrespect her uh, because she won't sign certain contract terms or do something that she doesn't want to do. She's shown, Rose Namajunas has shown that she does not get pushed around. And this is why you need somebody who actually knows how to do fighter relations and doesn't have mm. to have just one way strong arm bullying form of managing his business. Like, uh, initially, it sounds facetious when I say it, but Dana White is toxic to his own organization. Like, could you imagine how much better the UFC would be under the leadership where the fight, the fighters don't have to constantly contend with management over image, over branding? and willingness to fight. Every time Dana White says this, I as a fan have to question, is this real? Because he has lied so many times about fighters wanting a title shot. Yes, but Kalechi, the facts don't th support that. The fact is, is that UFC is up 33% in, 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 in a 2020 year, that he's got talent coming in in droves from, from the, the Tuesday Night Contender Series. He's he's laying off saying. 60 fighters because he can't he's got to make room like this is not one of those things where fighters are 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 are, are leaving because Dana White is so is, is, is so toxic. They are Yoel running what? to him. Yoel Romero says what? <laughs> have, have you seen what Yo Yoel Romero wanted to fight big wanted to have big fights, even though he was on a four fight losing streak? Uh, and it's for the title. How many times? Twice. Fighters leaving. Three times. Uh, yeah. So, you're you're, you're so like fighters I'm, leaving. I'm, Yoel Romero. Okay, but we but in I, while we I'm got while we lost fight. Yoel Romero, we got Kevin Holland. We got you know a lot of these other Phil fighters. Knight. Chase Hooper. We got. Look, all I'm saying is the environment is toxic, and he could do a better job with his fighter relations. How he manages then, then stop his business. Right there. Stop right there and That's say the, the environment is toxic and he could do a better job. 100%. I can't dispute that. The environment is toxic. He could do a better job. But once you start saying, well, fighters are leaving and the UFC, no, fighters are running. Added you yeah. added that. When we roll back the tape, we, all I see. said was Dana White is a toxic leader. And then you uh, gave me all his acc accolades. And so, yeah. He's been effective and toxic. Okay. Okay. So if you choose to stop there, then I can't, I will, I refuse to dispute that. He is toxic. It is a toxic environment. Go ahead, George. <laughs> I'm looking at George now. You're not going to find an environment, especially when it comes to people at the top of their craft, where you don't have an issue with whoever's running that particular organization. We see that time and time again, no matter what. You got people who love Trump. You got people who hate Trump. You got people who love Nancy Pelosi. You got people who hate Nancy. And it's the same way in the UFC. It's, it's the same scenario. You got people over here on this side who are absolutely in love with everything Dana White has done this year. You got people on the other side who take issues with everything that Dana White has done this year. But the truth at the end of the, the day is that the UFC is placed itself in the best position it could possibly be given the circumstances. I, I, right. I can't imagine I can't imagine was, the UFC in any better spot than it is in right now when it comes down to so, I don't I, two things. so, like, I, so what you're saying is true, 
But I'm still staying on this Thug Rose thing and about the fact that this happens time and time and time again and how I'm, that I'm not, is a problem. I'm not disagreeing with you. I absolutely, yes. You got fighters on, on one side who Dana White is to- totally toxic to them. But at the same time, you got fighters who are absolutely singing his praise. You, even Yoel Romero, uh, I think on his way out, he, he wasn't critical of Dana per se, if I'm not mistaken. You're correct. So, but there you have it. Yoel being a person. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't think it's him necessarily <laughs> being a good person. He, he's, he's recognizing it for what it is. Hey, I, I've been given three title shots or whatever the case may be. I have this opportunity to go over here and make more money. Uh, the UFC has put me in a position where I don't have to worry about making money when I leave here. Mm-hmm. He's fighting for the love of it now. So, so, yeah. but that's it. I, I think that that's where, where we'll, we'll leave this, you know, is right here because I, I think that all of us can agree that like him or not, good or bad, the UFC is here to stay and it is well positioned going into 2021. We are here. This is it, guys. This is the last show of the year. And so what I want to say is I want to thank you for getting on this because we started this was we started in in what was it december of 2019 with doing video shows like this and we committed to doing these video shows and so i want to thank all of you for making time out to do this show with me every single week on video and making those sacrifices that we need to make in order to provide a great show for the fans out there so thank you all of you for 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 being here with me and being my co-host. Thank you. I want to thank the fans. I want to thank all all 12 of our fans out there. Well, (laughs) more than that. More than that. I want to thank the fans for actually, you know, taking the time out to come find us to actually, you know, watch our, watch our shows. I hope we entertain you. I hope we, you come away laughing. I hope you come away informed. I hope you come away wanting to know more, if anything. So, uh, will we? As long as you guys are around, we will be around. Unless I have superpowers in the morning. If I have superpowers in the morning, I don't know. So today's the day. Today's the day of the grand mutation, and I'm kind of afraid because I sleep right underneath the ceiling fan, and if I had the power to fly, it's gonna suck. Okay, because I'm gonna flow right up into it. It's not. I've seen what happens when people get hit in the head with the ceiling fan. It's not a good thing. <laughs> and for me, my hope in the show is I, for a long time, have had this one-on-one marketing campaign. My goal is next year to not have to worry about that one-on-one marketing campaign. We just grow exponentially. <laughs> <laughs> All right, George. Anything you want to say before we uh, sign off for the year? Man, I am definitely looking forward to the new year. I'm, I'm, I think we as a whole, as a show, have had an, an awesome year, man. I look at some of the accomplishments we've made, you know, some of our first interviews, like you said, going to video from audio, um, just to tighten up. Hell, hell, just look at Ryan's setup right now. Just this alone. Yeah. You, you get what I'm saying? Like, this, bruh, we're winning no matter what. And I, I, I only expect greater and better things from us in 2021. Um, KC is going to show back up in Dallas and come train and take a fight. 
Um, you know, John Keys is gonna continue. I'll make a video of that. John Keys is gonna be breaking us off with all of the the very long, very little known facts as well as some of the conspiracy theories. Um, Ryan Smith, love you, bro. Thank you for giving us all this opportunity to basically to talk about something we love greatly. Um, yeah. hell, look, we're starting the year off on a win already. Guys, you guys are going to ref I'm not referee, but you guys are judge. going to judge fights for Fury Kickboxing. January 16th, coming up. What you got to say I'm about excited. that? I'm ex I'm excited about that. Yes. So, we're you know, I I, I don't I, I think we haven't agreed. We're either coming back on the 4th or the 12th. Uh, 4th or the 11th, something like that. Uh, it looks like we lost Kalechi. Um, so uh, we're, we're either coming back on on the on the fourth or the the eleventh, something like that. Um, but we will be gearing up for the Fury kickboxing fights on on the sixteenth of January. We're going to be refing um, uh, Muay Thai kickboxing. It's it's going to be exciting. It's going to be great. And we're going to be able to talk about it as much as as much as we can. Maybe we'll even be able to put some of it on on the internet i don't know what the what what the rules will be for whether or not we can we can live stream while we're there so um find us on social media um on instagram i'm at combat sports talk john keys i'm at keys to victory and that's uh keys with the k-e-y k-e-y-e-s and and george dark side underscore muay thai underscore like it says on the shirt love, love that shirt bro um and and casey who looks like he is back now um let's see here uh no it looks like we got a placeholder for him there he is um what's your what's your instagram uh my instagram is at push pull pray all right um and you can also find us on our website at www.combatsportstalk.com we are on all of your favorite social media platforms uh, I want to send a shout out to MMA Junkie, MMA Fighting, MMA Mania, Bloody Elbow, and the Intelligent Defense Discussion Group, uh, MMA Discussion on uh, Facebook. So uh, definitely, if you enjoyed the conversation and the debates that we had here on the show, come and join us uh, on the Intelligent Defense Discussion Group on Facebook and, and, and let us know what you think on a host of MMA topics. On behalf of John Keyes... Kalechi KC Onyebuchi and George G Money Stallworth. My name is Ryan Smith, reminding you to keep your hands up, your chin tucked, and throw bombs. We'll see you in 2021.